Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to a special episode of the New Statesman podcast, recorded live from Parliament with just one functioning microphone. Hello, I am here in the Houses of Parliament about half an hour after Theresa May's leadership has been boosted or revitalised or kept on life support. The long and the short of it is Theresa May is still Prime Minister, will be Prime Minister tomorrow and the day after and notionally can remain in the position of leader of the Conservative Party for another year or until she's defeated in a general election, whichever comes first. I am joined by two people, my colleague Patrick Maguire, political correspondent. Hello. And I'm also joined by our sort of colleague who shares our desk, seeing as we felt it was very rude to speak talking to this microphone, and also because she's a political expert, Labourist editor Sienna Rogers. Hello. Right, so so what does this mean? Well, it's a short-term shot in the arm. As you said, it means Theresa May will be Prime Minister tomorrow. Beyond that, so we can all... Go home for Christmas, guilt-free, and not have to worry about covering Priti Patel's leadership launch on Christmas Eve. In the longer term, to coin a phrase, nothing has changed. A third of her parliamentary party, 117 MPs, have declared they have no confidence in her or her sort of animating policy, her Brexit deal. So that's very bad news. Her chances of passing a withdrawal agreement remain as non-existent as they were the morning she pulled the meaningful vote and if we look at the promises she made and the assurances she made to MPs in the 1922 committee before they all trooped into the room adjacent to it and voted for her we see that she said you know I'll win back the DUP and you know we'll bin the backstop and it'll all be great when actually she can't do any of those things so she's still sticking to the same tunes that she was playing before which were it will be fine. We will convince people to do the things that are the exact opposite to their political self-interest and the things that they have, they have said they've done all this time. So basically, we as a country and the government is still profoundly screwed. And what happens next is up to the cabinet, is up to what how the ERG respond to this. Do they table a motion of no confidence in the government or do they play footsie with, with Labour and whoever? So, I mean, it's all, it's bad news for Theresa May, in short. 
Right, okay. So, as, as you've said, 117 Conservative MPs voted no confidence in her. Obviously, it's a secret ballot, and it's a lot easier to stick two fingers up to the boss in a secret ballot than it is on the floor of the House. But seeing as most Conservative Party activists are against the deal, the public is more sympathetic on it than they were, but they still are not that keen on to it. It's reasonable, I think, to suppose that at least 110 MPs particularly when you factor in the 10 MPs of the DUP who are certain to vote against it, as long as it includes a backstop, which it will always include, are going to vote against it, which means she's going to need to get 110 votes from the other side of the House, i.e. the Labour Party. Sienna, is there any way that Theresa May could get 110 Labour MPs to vote for her Brexit deal? I think that looks unlikely at the moment. So, I mean, generally in terms of the result of tonight, if Theresa May had lost this vote, it might have precipitated a split in the Tory party, right? But basically, the outcome for the Labour Party and what, what it means for the Labour Party is still dependent on whether she can get this deal through, as you're pointing out. So can she get that many Labour MPs to vote for her deal? I'm not convinced at this point, after this much actually losing so much trust, losing all the goodwill that she might have had, and not at f- completely failing to reaching out to MPs like Lisa Nandy, who literally said openly, I will consider voting for this deal. That's how concerned I am about my constituents. She hasn't done that. I mean, number 10 literally never spoke to Lisa Nandy about that. So it doesn't seem like she has the political nous to get that many MPs on board. Yeah, I did think it was striking today in the House of Commons, doing PMQs, um, you know, are not positive, but not unremittingly hostile question from a Labour MP about trade unions and the deal and she basically kind of did the sort of semi-like well we know what trade unions do destroy our economy and it was just like are you sure this is a good idea mate? You know as as, as we have discussed many times sat at our desk sort of despairing at the direction Theresa May is, is taking us in a lot has been said about you know, them reaching out to business about the soft soap treatment they give to Jaguar Land Rover, BAA, all these companies that are prevailing on Tory MPs to back the deal. Tory MPs who are so doctrinaire for whom Europe is so existential, they will never be convinced to vote for it. Whereas why hasn't Theresa May done the beer and sandwiches thing with, you know, not even not even Len, not even Dave Prentice? Why hasn't she got the, you know, general secretaries of Usdor and Community in and said, listen, this is going to be terrible. Can you X Labour MP in Northern constituency or, you know, Y person in the Midlands? Can you vote for this, please? And, you know, given that it has been a non-existent Tory engagement operation and with both Labour rebels and the sort of broader Labour movement, then of course she wasn't going to convince 118 MPs. She's not even going to convince, you know, she's not going to convince double-figure Labour MPs beyond so Ian Austin, maybe Caroline Flint. But then when even Graham Stringer and Kate Hoey are saying they're not going to vote for your deal, you're in pretty Fudged? Fun. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I used to think, up until the point where the vote was pulled, that you know, one of the things which would happen is is the vote would be heavily defeated, the Labour Party would then try and fail to bring the government down, and at that point that would facilitate an option which actually, for a number of reasons, a lot of people in the Labour Party want, which is to be able to go, look, we tried, we're going to allow Brexit to pass, because you have MPs who are terrified about what that means for their seats, People in the leader's office who are terrified about what it means for the election, people in the leader's office who like Brexit and want it to happen, people in the parliamentary party who like Brexit and want it to happen. I just can't see how that happens if you don't have the cathartic moment where all of those people can go, look, we tried. And that doesn't happen, I think, if the vote doesn't happen until the 21st of January. Was I mad to think that that was ever a possibility? 
I think her, her plan has still got to be to run the clock down, right? And to rely on this fear, particularly of Labour MPs, that a no-deal Brexit is the inevitability. And to rely on that. But I don't think that that doesn't seem to work. And also the ECJ ruling, does that change things? She explicitly acknowledged that for the first time today for party political purposes, which is really interesting. She said in her speech on the steps of Downing Street, she was saying, you know, well, there's a big risk now, lads, is that we delay Brexit or we even stop it by, I can't remember if she said explicitly by revoking Article 50, but that was clearly heavily implied. So it's clear that there are three choices in front of MPs now. You either vote for May's deal, you have no deal, or Parliament votes to revoke Article 50. Now, I think, given that we know two of those things are very unlikely that there are, there certainly is a majority for the first one, and I don't think there is a majority for revoking Article 50. You know, that might change if we're staring over the cliff, but I really don't think there is. The second one is the default. No one has to do anything for that to happen, and this parliament is uniquely well-equipped to do absolutely nothing. And now we see the Conservative Party as an entity, as a whippable entity, doesn't exist, so that can't do anything either. And we know May, from her speech on the steps of Downing Street this evening, has no intention of building coalitions, as, as you wrote, Stephen, she has no intention of keeping her own coalition, the you know, 317 Tory MPs plus the 10 DUP MPs. She neither has the means nor ability to do that, nor the willingness. So, I mean, it's hard to conclude anything other than we are sleepwalking to no deal. The other interesting thing is that the House of Commons pointed out that actually her deadline isn't 21st January and she's been saying that that's following the spirit of the Act rather than the letter, that deadline, and it's actually 28th March. Sorry, I imagine that all of our listeners did get that, but I am going to plead that I was up very early doing our free morning email, which is the first best email. Yours, of course, is the second best free morning email and our readers should sign up to that as well. Could you just... Explain why that matters for the benefit of very slow people, a.k.a. me. I'm, I'm sure you're not being slow, Stephen. But the fact that she can run the clock down even closer to the possibility of no deal is surely significant in terms of her relying on that fear. Oh, right, yeah, of course, since she can, can notionally wait till the 28th of March. I mean, I always think the problem with the idea that she waits till the 28th of March is we forget, of course, that as well as passing the meaningful vote, there has to be a bill, and at that point she has to extend Article 50. But again, then you have to find political consensus for it. And I think the really important thing, one of the things we've said over the last couple of weeks is that it, you can start to see how a majority for a second referendum could be found in Parliament because enough Conservative MPs have split off. But I think what today really shows is that 117 MPs have voted no confidence. That's mostly about Brexit. Probably about six of those were angry Remainers. If even this still quite hard... This is the hardest possible negotiated Brexit. If even that draws 117 votes of no confidence, I just cannot conceive of a situation where even if a majority for another referendum emerges, a Conservative Prime Minister, the executive controls the legislative timetable could facilitate it without being no-conned and it collapsing for another reason. You know, that's the point about it was very easy to conclude when Joe Johnson, Sam Gima resigned and said, people's vote now, let's be having you. It was very easy to conclude, as as we did at the time, you know, the, the, the scales were shifting. It was springtime for Chuck Ramuna or what, what, whatever. But as you've just said, you know, those people aren't in the government and there is no incentive for May to explode her party even further. 
so yeah, I just think you know the the second referendum thing for now at least remains a non-starter. I certainly want to leave our listeners with something cheerful to think about. So I mean, question for both of you. So I'm going to see and pick on you first. Can you see a way that a no deal Brexit can be avoided from where we are today? Yeah. As you've pointed out, there could be a viable coalition cross-party to actually get a a second referendum going, which would require delaying Article 50, also can revoke Article 50. So those two options there mean that no deal can be avoided. And and every Labour MP that I speak to pretty much says, oh no, oh no, I trust in Parliament and and natural justice, basically. And they say that, yeah, no, there's no no majority in Parliament for no deal, therefore it's not going to happen. I mean, maybe they're in fantasy land, but if all MPs believe that, surely there's something to it. Okay, I, mean, I would say that all MPs believe it is actually a mark of how wrong they are. Because if there's anything that the past months have proved, it's that MPs have a really, really poor grasp on our constitution, especially the codified bits. Now, it's clear that nobody understands the fixed-term Parliament Act or whatever. But to answer your actual question, is there any way a no-deal Brexit can be avoided? I mean, it certainly can't be avoided in the Labour sort of, oh, you know, there are five ways we can avoid a no-deal Brexit and this whole, you know, May has to pass legislation for it to happen and she's not going to do that. This absolute sort of nonsense that they peddle in every press release and, and, and should really stop doing if they're listening. But I suppose it, it all depends on what happens in the Tory party between now and, and January. You know, might the ERG, as one member of the government payroll has just suggested to me, form a delegation and go to the 1922 committee and say, listen, we know we've lost this confidence vote, but we have absolutely no confidence in the government. You know, It will only take 10 real hardliners to say, we will vote with Labour to bring this government down because we hate your Brexit so much, so you've got to change course. May has to go. You know, Her position is constitutionally, and as far as the Tory party's rules go, secure for a year, but there's nothing uh, to preclude another leadership challenge. And if that were to happen or, you know, another change at the top of the Tory party for for one reason or another, or if May ploughs on and we blunder into another general election, you know, she said this evening at 22, there won't be a snap election and I promise I won't lead you into the next election. Well, you know, there's nothing to stop this parliament collapsing. So I think if we stop no deal, it will be accidentally and it will require a change in the Tory party that certainly not Theresa May is willing to actively affect as has been clear from everything that she said and done today. So it is the default. I mean, that's the thing I keep coming back to. Nothing has to happen for no deal to happen. And Labour and all those people who say there's no majority in Parliament for no deal, Parliament can pass as many motions as it likes about no deal. Dominic Greaves Amendment can kick in with vim and vigour and, you know, everyone can cheer and we can direct the government to do whatever trade deal parliament wants but the short answer is i don't i don't think parliament can unless there is a profound change in the tory party and it's who knows so i can feel before we wrap up that some of our listeners will be screaming well what about a general election couldn't that unblock things i think we've sort of alluded to how a general election could happen which is the frustrated pro-brexit mps who are supporting the government whether they be in the dup or in the conservative party itself decide to cut the cord So the question I have is we forget that because the parties are themselves divided on Brexit, it is not necessarily clear, unless you end up with a situation where one party wins a big majority, which is not 
easy to see how that will will happen while Brexit is still up in the air, then a new parliament or a new government would necessarily be able to fix these problems. Now, Sienna, you have a much better idea of what is going on in the Labour Party. If there were an election tomorrow and Labour gained 30 seats, how many of those 30 would likely be, in terms of the three groups on this, would be second referendums are Norway people, real concerns, you know, my people in small towns are, are worried about the polls, and how many of them would be Benite Lexiteers? That's really interesting. I mean, I obviously it depends where those MPs come from, where those seats are. I do think that actually a remarkable thing in the parliamentary selection so far in those marginal seats is that a lot of them are very local and therefore actually do represent the constituents' views. So I think that it might be roughly even, actually, if we get quite a few more metropolitan seats, but maybe even win back some of those leaf seats like Mansfield and North East Derbyshire, if the leadership's position has actually paid off in terms of promoting an alternative Brexit plan rather than, you know, remain in a second referendum. So I'd say about 50-50. Right, Okay. so I suppose the cheerful note will be that next week we'll be recorded with... A microphone for each person on the podcast. But it may be that your podcast in March comes to you powered by candles while you're eating out. Via via two tin cans and string. But anyway, thank you very much for listening and goodbye. You've been listening to the New Statesman podcast with me, Stephen Bush, my colleague Patrick McQuire, and Labourist Sienna Rogers. It's been recorded by me, Stephen Bush, which is why the quality has been so bad. It's been produced by Nick Hilton. Our music is Devil by the Devil, licensed under Creative Commons. If you liked the New Statesman podcast, please do leave a review. If you didn't like it this week, please do remember that we did record it in very adverse circumstances. And do subscribe to my free morning email. Music.